happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> show's not going to air on Again. Valentine's Day. Again. Oh, man, I forgot. <laughs> you don't know when people are going to listen to it. Back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and not only that, but its continued influence today. Hey, my name is Will, and joining me as always are my friends and co hosts, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Always better yeah. once we go live on okay. Wednesday nights. Yeah. It's always. just yeah, always better. Hey, always. if you want to hear uh, John feeling not so better, I guess, uh, go listen to him on Gen X Grown Up, the other uh, podcast that he hosts on his very own. I don't do, know, whatever. Do listen. <laughs> he sounds uh, I'm sure he says nice things to them when he's over there too. Of course. <laughs> wait, 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 are you implying I don't say nice things when I'm here? Is that what you're saying? Well, you just paid us such a wonderful compliment. You've, things are better when you're oh, here live with us. Yeah. So. You said you yeah, feel okay. so much better when, yeah. yeah right. It's Wednesday. not a contrast to anything else. It's just a good feeling here. That's all. Yes. Aww. Aww. I feel the same way. Very and diplomatic. Yeah. As John mentioned, we are streaming right now live on Facebook and YouTube as we record this audio podcast. Uh, join us sometime because this episode is brought to you uh, courtesy of the amazing folks at Kokomo Toys and Collectibles. You remember those folks. We gave something away just a couple of weeks ago from those guys who were... Look, you could watch them on uh, Nacelle's a, a toy store near you. It's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's an amazing, gigantic, I think 5,000 square foot uh, toy store there in Kokomo, Indiana. But you could actually visit them online at kokomotoys.com and, and, and get your collectibles that way. Or just hang around for a little while because we're going to give something away on this episode courtesy of our sponsor. Freebies. And the good news is uh, you don't have to know what we're good. <laughs> you don't have to know much about music to win the prize. because It's going to be a lot easier than Cat's <laughs> one hit wonder challenge. I'm sure because later on the show, a cat is going to challenge us, all of us here, uh, John, mm -hmm. myself, and those of you listening to identify 1980s one hit wonders from a short audio clip and a clue. Mm -hmm. If we need it <laughs> the end, and, and as we'll if that it. won't be hard enough, because I guarantee <laughs> We're ready to get a complaint. I'll probably be the one complaining. But I guarantee uh, it's probably, that'll be easier than then figuring out if the band uh, had any other hits. And the hell of it, Will, is that we're the ones that are under the gun and we have no opportunity to win the free toys from Kokomo. That's the problem. You know? John, I'll get you something, man. Everyone it's, else is yeah. going to enjoy the, the trivia, plus they can win yeah. something. And oh, Hey, before we get to the One Hit Wonder Challenge, however, we're going to be, review current news stories related to 1980s mm -hmm. media, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations are here. Uh, Jam Master Jay's murderers, or their alleged, his alleged murderers, mm. are standing trial. And the Ghostbusters, I, I wonder, I want to ask you guys this, whether the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire uh, trailer reveals too much. And I think by asking that question, you probably know my thoughts already. I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so. time codes are in the uh, show notes if you'd like to skip around. All right. Hey, uh, before we get going, though, I wanted to let you know, keep an ear open for my interview later this week with Alex Charon about his book, The Mighty 690. Uh, Alex wrote a book uh, based on a true story uh, that happened in the early 1980s with a radio station uh, in Southern California the, that's this, that was referred to as the Mighty 690. It was an AM station. It was that time where we were transitioning from AM to FM. FM wasn't everywhere. It wasn't as ubiquitous as it was certainly later in the 80s. And 
I want to mm-hmm. say today, although I don't listen to FM radio, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. But it was during that era where radio contests, contests were leveraged to, you know, fight for listeners. And <laughs> this particular radio station gave away $50,000 in a treasure hunt where the DJs gave out clues <laughs> over time and you had to find it. Uh, wow. That's the true story. Alex took those elements and because he grew up in that era listening, you know, to this contest and fantasizing about being able to win it. He took that, uh, that real story and, you know, took some license with it, created some characters and have them going on that adventure to try to get that money. <laughs> anyway, I'll talk to him later this week. Uh, cool. Sharon. And I want to say this to you guys. I'm going to, I'm only going to tell you guys listening. All right. And, and Kat and John, mm-hmm. I just booked a guest that I've been trying to get for a few years and I am so excited about it. I'm not going to say who it is until we've actually recorded the episode. Cause I, I learned a long time. <laughs> Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. That's there was right. a Duke boy that burned me and I'm, I'm ever, tonight I should give away his stuff. That's what I should give away. His signed DVD goop, and goop, his book. Goop. I don't want really to got it anymore. Yeehaw. Anyway, but I'm going to give you a clue. Okay. And I think anybody who's a big fan of movies as, as, as I am, will be able to figure it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. She starred in three films that were all released in the greatest year for movies, 1984. Mm. And all of them have gone on to be, cult classics ultimately in their respective genres. Mm-hmm. And this is the most interesting thing to me about this. Now, if that wasn't interesting enough, one of them is a sequel to the first film that came out earlier that same year. So it's crazy. One film came out at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. like the summer within six months. Oh, yeah. I think it was the sequel came crazy. out. All right. Hey, that's enough of that. Let's get caught up on 1980s. Hey, uh, this week in 1980s news, as reported by Billboard, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has unveiled its 2024 nominees. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like that deserves a thing. <laughs> Although in some Yay, sense, it's, nominees. it's big whoop-de-doo. I mean, who really cares, right? But I, yeah. I, I do care be- only because I care when it has folks among the nominees that I like and I oh want to win. <laughs> <laughs> these don't matter unless I like it. <laughs> well, I want the people that I appreciate their music to uh, benefit in whatever way they can from being able to put that on their CV. Okay. You know, All right. I guess that's yes. sure, sure, sure. Yep. All right. Anyway, on Saturday, February 10th, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced this year's nominees, unveiling 15 artists who are in contention to join the class of 2024. And here they are, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Cher, Dave Matthews Band, Peter Frampton, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, and then I singled these ones out because these folks are folks, from my perspective, that uh, found great success in the 1980s, greater mm-hmm. success than they had had certainly previous, or they, or they began in the 1980s, which including Cool and the Gang, Foreigner, yes. Sinead O'Connor, mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne, Sade, mm-hmm. Jane's Addiction, and they had later success probably in the 90s. They began in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest, they got in at the tail end of the 80s. And Eric B. and Rakim, my absolute favorite one for this group of nominees this year. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So if I could, you know, I I get that calling in or whatever Kat did for Duran during that time. I was just going to ask you, are you voting every single day for your You know, I would, Kat, but I don't think it really amounts to anything, right? I I don't know. A whole lot of Durannies did their votes every single day. I mean, (laughs) there's dialing in. And then there's like setting up a war dialer on an old 192 modem to just yeah. pepper them. I mean, we could be creative with it. 
Well, who are they up against? Do you know? Do you know who else is in their category where they might not make it? Or oh, you know, I forgot they did it that way. I mean, I guess by looking at this, if that's how they do it by genre of some kind, I, I guess Tribe Called Quest probably mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, maybe okay. Mary J. Blige because she's the yeah, queen yeah. of hip hop soul, as they say. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I think because uh, you know yeah. you know that they're you know paying in particular special attention to hip hop these days. So maybe that's what that is. Yeah, I'm just curious about what what's the company they're in as to you know what's the likelihood. Uh, I mean, right. they're, they're yeah. in good company, but they're also, they're not like, the, there's Titans and then Eric B and mm-hmm. Rakim. I mean, they're right up there with the other names I heard. So sure. they have a good yeah. chance as anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess, mm-hmm. I, you know, John, I, I appreciate you asked that question. I wish I was prepared to answer it because I hadn't considered it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. if, if they're up against Mary J. Blige, I think that gets tough. Uh, like, tougher. Yeah, that's yeah. tougher. Yeah. Yep. I guess they're all aging, but you almost think like, maybe you want to honor them while they're all still around, you know, or enough of them are still around to appreciate and, and, you know. It's, it's, yeah. it's a bit bittersweet to be recognized after your time and you're gone. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a real bummer. So probably think about that too, in terms of uh, their legacy and how long they've been around and how long they're going to be around. Yeah. Although most yeah. of the names that I mentioned to you to about two thirds are, are, are first timers. Some of them have been on here before, including Mary J. Blige mm-hmm. and Eric B. and Rakim. Yeah. They've been on there. This is their second time around. And actually it's a third for Tribe Called Quest. So. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and often, yeah, they've often been on there before. Times folks will carry over one year to the next, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But we did lose mm-hmm. some '80s folks. I know Cindy Lauper, who was on the ballot last year, is not up again this year, mm-hmm. which uh, bums yeah. me out. And as yeah. always, I guess you know, with regard to this fan vote, I think they take all the fan votes and it counts for like one. <laughs> it's something <laughs> really <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> oh, the whole thing. So it's the electoral college. Got it. Y- yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> like that. Yes. What do y'all want? All right, we'll take that under advisement and then do what we want. In, <laughs> much like the you know the MPAA who rates movies, it's some mysterious mm-hmm. voting body of a thousand. All we know is there's over a thousand of them, and according mm-hmm. to the press release from the Rock Hall, they're quote artists, historians, and members of the music industry. And I do think previous winners are part of the the vote. Okay. I, th- well, that I feel like sense. Yeah. yeah, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Like John Taylor of Duran Duran was saying, and we get to vote now. Oh, <laughs> after okay. they won. Oh. So maybe that's why oh. it grows then. It's a thousand plus, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a mm-hmm. consistent body of 500 people. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm also excited about it in particular because yeah. this year's yeah. induction ceremony returns to Cleveland, which is where I live. Yay. And it's also the headquarters of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. other folks will be able to watch the induction ceremony live on Disney Plus, which is the second year they'll be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I was curious as to, uh, I guess, why we don't see more 80s representation, you know, because these those folks are certainly beyond the period of time. And I found this article yeah. in Vulture uh, after pointing out that the typical response to the nominations is often, quote, one of incredulity, <laughs> incredulity, if not outrage, <laughs> end quote. Yeah. Uh, Vulture acknowledges that most artists uh, deserving of the Rock Hall induction, there, there are, sorry, rather artists who have never been nominated. Yeah, oh, many, you know, many, so, many. Uh, yeah. Yeah, now, mm-hmm. and, and while most of the artists that Vulture suggests have never been nominated and should, didn't, don't include folks that, uh, you know, found success in the 1980s. They did list the B-52s in an excess. And right. they provided a theory as to why the Rock Hall has been famously slow to induct acts from that era, mm-hmm. but has recently turned uh, to the 1980s with inductees, including Pat Benatar and Eurythmics, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Per Vulture, quote, the influx of 80s artists might be attributable to a change in leadership. Mm-hmm. In 2020, Rolling Stone co-founder Jan Winner resigned as chairman and handed over the keys to the Hall Kingdom to MTV co-founder John Sykes. MTV person. Yeah. yeah. Definitely going to be on board for the 80s. Yeah. 
probably just Devo in a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. Cause I, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. I spoke with the mayor of Akron uh, at the yeah. time because they were doing uh you know, they had an effort to try to get uh votes, mm-hmm. get them in local votes mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and they had those little Devo hats. I can't remember what they're called. The yes. power or something <laughs> or others. Artists had made various out of various materials were like were around the city, including, you know, Akron's the home of Goodyear. So a lot of ones made out of tires that were painted. Tires. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Hey, in other 1980s news, Jam Master Jay's suspected murderers are on trial. Is this a true crime episode that I missed it? No. I didn't get the memo? No, no, no. Oh, okay. And this is not a true crime we would do because it's just so dark and terrible and makes me feel sad. But... Mm. Yeah, but so uh, Peacock kicked off Black History Month with a documentary series chronicling the impact of Run DMC and Kings from Queens, the Run DMC story. Definitely mm-hmm. check that out if you're a fan mm. of hip hop. Uh, it was directed by Kirk Fraser. Uh, and in that uh, three part documentary, the, it highlights the rise of Joseph Simmons, Daryl McDaniels, and Jay Mizell, better known as Run DMC, and Jam Master Jay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Three friends from Queens, uh, New York, who went on to become the greatest, or one of the, certainly one of the greatest rap groups of all uh-huh. time. And in the series, mm-hmm. the surviving duo gets candid about everything from their early days in the group uh, to finding superstardom and the loss of Jam Master Jay, who was sadly gunned down in his recording studio in 2002. Mm. I've got to say first, it's one of those things, look, I don't know that anybody would liken Jam Master Jay necessarily like JFK. You know, you heard those stories when you were a kid. I remember when I was young and I'd be like, right. well, where were you when JFK, not talking right. about us, talking to right. adults. Right. Right. would be yes. in the room. Where were you when you heard? Well, it's like our challenger, right? It's like, uh, you yes. know where you were, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. So yeah, I get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess unlike challenger, you know, which was devastating, right? Cause they, <laughs> either they wheeled that TV in the room and made mm-hmm. you watch it. Or in my school, we were all gathered in the cafeteria mm-hmm. you know, when, when horror yep. uh, tragedy struck. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But those weren't folks who weren't famous. It was still this, you know, remarkable endeavor, but I yeah, want to yeah. say Jam Master Jay's death, and certainly maybe because it was tragic, is the first time I remember a celebrity death like really hit me. Right. And I was, I had just arrived home from work and was listening to the radio and just pulled into my, you know, driveway or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they made, and I heard this on the news and I sat in my car for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, just sort of shook. Wow. Uh, it made me really sad. Uh, yeah. And just remembering, you know, back, it was kind of one of those things that sort of, a, you know, a, the catalyst for sort of my mind is flashing back to all these memories I had related to that group, you know, records I had, break mm-hmm. dancing to it, memorizing the, this, the lyrics of my, my, my best friend Mark at the time so we could trade mm-hmm. off the, you know, the rhymes. Do the parts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to see Run DMC live? Oh, gosh, no. I mean, no. 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 Not perform. No. Now I had the, you know... Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to see DMC speak, you know, and they dedicated the the uh, yes. Rock Hall uh, hip hop exhibit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, a year or so ago, right? Yep, mm-hmm. but just last year. And then he uh, two times he did he did a, he did a talk there, uh, and then later on, you know, he was part. Uh, he did a speech as part with Chuck D, and then he did a mm-hmm. a speech dedicating the the hall itself. So, so the impact you felt wasn't like you had this personal connection. I, I don't mean a actual literal personal connection. Mm-hmm. It was it was the uh, the artist. And the consumer of the art connection, that connection yeah. is the one that, that that's where you felt the impact across. It was that tendon, right? Yeah. And even, mm-hmm. I think even more so because I'd never fancied myself a rapper, although Mark and I did that for fun. I did, as you mm-hmm. know, fancy myself a DJ. 
Mm-hmm. And, and he was the DJ. Yeah. And, he was the DJ, right? You know, and part of being yeah. the DJ, certainly back then, as you guys know, was, you know, keeping the beats going so the, the MCs could rap. Or mm-hmm. later, as we, you know, hip hop becomes more developed, being in the studio and just, you know, creating beats or sampling beats yep. or adding scratches, which is what he did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. part later on, as time went on, I associated more with that, you know, aspect of, of that group than yeah. I had initially when I first had heard them, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's tragic, but I suppose in the good news is they think they have, uh, certainly the prosecutors in New York think they have found the culprits mm-hmm. um, because coincidentally the murder trial against Jim Master J's accused killers just began two days before the documentary dropped. Wow. <laughs> you know, more than 20 years after the murder and nearly f- four years after the men were first arrested. It's bittersweet though. You know, it really, yeah. even if let's say this is, they found the culprits it doesn't fix anything. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't give us back that time. It doesn't. What about all of the art that didn't get created because we lost Jam Master J, right? Mm-hmm. You can't get that I back. I never thought about that. That's a really, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. he, he, he took that person. He took his life, which is, of course, it's the ultimate problem. Yeah. But below that, there's, uh, you know, like when people sue for like a missed work or whatever when they're injured, you should be punished for that and also for the loss of art that was taken out of the world because you took this artist away. <laughs> yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if, if you lose someone in your life, a child, usually a spouse, depending mm-hmm. on the cir- circumstances, if you have a lawsuit, certainly against the, you may have a, a, a lawsuit in that regard. I think it's lack of consortium, they call it, but mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. to try to put a dollar figure on whatever you, you would have reaped from that relationship, it's easier to monetize if they, you know, it's their salary or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. With him, it would. Yeah. You think that, that, yeah, that could it's, be something. It, like it's that. devastating. Like, wouldn't you love to heard like a, you know, a 2010 DMC album? Like, what would that yes. have been? You yes. know, what would they yes. have become had they been able to keep it all cohesive? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes me the saddest. Yeah. Well, in their yeah. opening statements, the prosecutors claim that Carl Jordan Jr. and Ronald Washington carried out an quote execution that was quote mm-hmm. motivated by greed and by revenge end quote. However, their lawyers, of course, of course, told the jury that the pair did not kill the pioneering DJ. Oh, okay. So there you go. So trial's <laughs> over. Ah, Just, okay. <laughs> attorneys can't lie, right, yeah. Will? <laughs> uh, now, what's, what, I think the one thing, look, uh, I'm not terribly judgmental, certainly, of, of folks' lives. I say terribly because I know some, sometimes it's a little bit. And in particular with, I know historically when I was younger, especially people did drugs or drank or smoke. It was like, oh my God. Right. Yeah. So I'm not as, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. tight assed as I was back then. But what I was disappointed <laughs> is that while Run DMC did do songs against the drug culture, prosecutor said that Mizell had become involved as a middleman uh, yeah. in cocaine deals to support his lifestyle as his music career began to fade. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that Jordan, who was 18 at the time of the murder and Washington a friend who was staying with Mizell's sister thought they would be part of a deal worth $200,000 and were angered when they were cut out. Hmm. Uh, the alleged, the prosecutors alleged that the duo barged, barged into Mizell's music studio on Merrick Boulevard in Hollis and, and Jordan shot uh, the Run DMC co-founder dead. No honor among thieves. Right? Yeah. And they've got folks to back it up. At least one witness by the name of Cherubin Bastion uh, testified that the murder came up in conversation twice during the nine months that Bastian lived with Jordan. Wow. Uh, once while Bastian was driving Jordan, and Jordan was sitting in the front seat of the passenger seat of a van that uh, Bastian drove, Jordan mm-hmm. said, if I got to kill him, 
I'll kill him again. Oh. Mm. And then another time, uh, Bastion said he, that they, they overheard Jordan arguing with a woman in the driveway outside of their home. Uh, mm-hmm. And he told, uh, he heard him say to this woman, I'll do you like him, Master Jay. Wow. Of course, they maintain their innocence. The trial's expected to last four weeks. On that note. That was a downer, man. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, that was a downer. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for being here. You know, look, normally we don't talk about stuff like this, but again, it was just Mm -hmm. so impactful to me. It is. So pertinent. 20 some odd years ago, hearing that story. And I just, you know, such a fondness for those, for those guys. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Hey, finally, another 1980s news. Did the latest Ghostbusters trailer spoil the movie? Now, (laughs) it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the latest, mm-hmm. the most recent trailer. We, we we talked more openly about a teaser trailer that came out a few months ago. We mm-hmm. haven't talked about the trailer except for maybe in our exchanges, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, and and even then, not that in depth. And I've got to tell yeah. you, I watched it once and I immediately regretted watching it because I felt like I learned too much about the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Including cameos of, of characters of, of that from prior the prior movies that we didn't know otherwise were going to be in there. That mm-hmm. seemed like would have been a pleasant surprise. I yeah. think clearly you could tell who becomes the villain. <laughs> you could, you, you're told who additionally becomes a Ghostbuster. Uh, we see them return to some iconic locales from the previous, previous films. We see the return of two ghosts mm-hmm. in prior movies. Yeah. When there, wasn't, right. there weren't enough ghosts for John. Yes. Now they fixed it. Yeah. yeah two many, ghosts right? from the first movie are in, uh, in this. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking specifically about uh, what Slimer and the uh, uh-huh. librarian. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't yeah. going to say, oh, yes. but yeah, that's exactly yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's in the trailer. It's not like we're spoiling anything. Well, people might want to avoid the trailer because that's ultimately what I'm going to suggest from now on. Let's just stop <laughs> watching these trailers. Stop watching them? <laughs> oh, well, there goes half our news. And there's some catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some catchphrases in there too that, you know, again, it would have been fun. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I, yeah. I've been lamenting trailers for decades now. I stopped mm-hmm. watching them sometime late in the 1980s uh, literally I would be with a, you know, my partner and put my fingers in my ears. I'm not joking. You could ask my wife because I still did it as long as, we were, as long as we've been together. Put my fingers in my ears, look down and hum. So I didn't hear or see anything. Oh, we, we just broadcast that's, one two weeks ago. A trailer. Well, yeah. Well, okay. A couple oh, things changed. One, we okay. have this podcast. But two. <laughs> and so as, to John's point, we need content. Yeah. But the other well, thing is, is I don't see the need to see a trailer if I know I want to see the movie. Say, it's funny you say that because there, I, I can't remember even what film it was, but there was a film a year or two ago that someone told me ahead of time, this trailer gives way too much away. Mm-hmm. And so in the theater, I would sit just like you said, la, <laughs> right. la, 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 like that, which was, so my regular movie buddies were used to that. And then I went yeah. to the theater. My wife went with me and she's like, what are you doing? Quit it. It's annoying. I'm like, I'm trying to not see whatever this thing is because I knew I wanted to see it. That was the problem. The problem was I heard that it gave too much away, but I was just okay, like, quit know. being weird. I don't mind trailers. I like them. <laughs> you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't crazy go out of my way to watch them, but when mm-hmm. I see no. one, I, I don't worry about what I'm seeing. I'm just, Oh, look at that. <laughs> I, don't know. I think it definitely can draw me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. If, if there's something in there, that's appealing. Yeah. On the, on the it's gonna make me flip see side more. of that though, Will, is that yeah. 
I will avoid reviews of movies I know I want to see. Sure. Right. Yeah. I just, I mm-hmm. trust the filmmakers to not ruin the best parts of the movie. Maybe that's naive. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Look, yep. Their motivation is not to surprise you. Their motivation is revenue. So they're going right. to show you the yes. stuff they think will get you in the theater. Right. Yeah. The trailers are not an artistic endeavor. They're a financial endeavor. So mm-hmm. I get there's some danger there. Yes. But reviews, if I already know I'm going to see it, like Kat, she's like, I'll just see it. I don't care the review. Mm-hmm. The review will tarnish the movie for me if I go in knowing it's bad. Mm-hmm. If I if, sometimes I'll check the review to see if I want to see a movie that I don't, but if I'm going to see it, reviews are off limits. Well, yeah, and uh, you said a few things there, John, and I think uh, I was about to challenge you on one thing, but I think in, in the end it all evened out. <laughs> oh, I want to hear it. And not challenge. You oh, know, challenge. Well, <laughs> well, so to your point, I mean, first you said they're not in the biz, or they, they're, they're, it's not in their interest to reveal too much or spoil the movie. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you also said, look, it's, it's your job ultimately to get butts and seats. Yeah. Um, yes. Right. It's, the, it's the first thing that, um, you know, I, I think we could take issue with only because, you know, again, this was anecdotal for me. And then I started digging into for folks that actually started uh, researches the, the, these things. And I found a 2021 article in Mental Floss that asked, why does Hollywood appear so hell bent on removing any traces of mystery from previews? Ah. And the, the, the article goes on to answer the, the answer the question. And the answer is focus groups. Uh, okay. So as you probably know, and for folks who don't, studios don't do the trailers themselves. They actually farm it yep. out to oh, companies right. whose sole business is to create trailers, you know, okay. to, and promotions. In a world. Yeah. <laughs> and what these folks do One is- man. <laughs> One man, John Reddick, will see a movie no matter what. <laughs> Against all odds, yeah. <laughs> regardless of spoilers. <laughs> um, but uh, they, they create dozens of versions of a trailer, and then they show it to test audiences in order to see what they find most appealing. And according to uh, this Vulture article, a marketing executive, David Singh, said that the response is usually that viewers like to see more. <laughs> <laughs> More action, more dramatic beats, and more spoilers. They're wrong. And look, uh, uh, another you know consideration to John's second point is that they do a, these companies appreciate that they're in this media landscape. They're com- competing for eyeballs like now against YouTube and streaming services and mm-hmm. birthday mm-hmm. parties or whatever. Yeah, and so studios feel compelled to make their entire case in the you know two minutes. This is everything this movie yeah. has to offer, including the best parts. Well, and another another thing to tack onto that, you've probably noticed that. I mean, we're all busy on social promoting our own endeavors. So you've been on social enough. You're across Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and everything. Trailers themselves are events with release dates now. Yes. Yes. In three days, the trailer for blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> wow, we can't wait. So you've got something, you've got to deliver on a promise. It used to be- The a, trailer has a trailer? Yeah, right. It used to be that the trailer was like, oh, did you see that thing? It's out. And now they're like, in just two more days, you're going to see whatever it is. And so they've got to deliver something now that they promised on it. The trailer is just, eh, it's interesting. I want the yeah. trailer that teases the trailer coming out to spoil the trailer coming out. You, yeah, you, yeah. Like it right. shows the whole trailer. Next week, in three days. The teaser get... trailer to line you up for the real trailer yes. in two weeks. <laughs> or soon as a movie is greenlit, in two years, the teaser trailer. Teaser. Barring unex- unexpected <laughs> interruptions. <laughs> Barring. <laughs> there's, there's a disclaimer. 
And the truth. Right. Assuming there are no more strikes in the writers' goo. Oh, no. One man. Yeah. <laughs> One man. <laughs> will start casting for a film. <laughs> Yet to be developed. Uh, so in a practical sense, you know, when they put this all out there, they're, they're really like, they're really trying to get the film goers that are on the fence. Because I yes. think most folks are like me. If you're going to go, you're going to go, regardless of the mm-hmm. trailer shows too much. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I know that mm-hmm. plot twist now. Fuck it. I ain't seeing it at all. Yeah, you're right. You're going mean, to see You're going to see it. not going to happen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, but not all directors, are, however, favor this, uh, I want to say contemporary type of trailer, but it's been, it's been happening for a long time. And I've got some examples mm-hmm. for you. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2017, David Lynch told the Rolling Stone that, quote, these days movie trailers practically tell the whole story. <laughs> I think it's really harmful. For me personally, I don't want to know anything when I go into a theater. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Mr. Lynch, this is a 7-Eleven. This isn't a movie theater. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Just stop. Well, well, so side one of that coin is yeah. even after you've seen a David Lynch film, you're still not certain what that film I was about. about. <laughs> that explains but, it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that coin is that uh, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought because oh. I'm thinking of stupid David Lynch movies. No, oh, no. The other side <laughs> of the it. coin is I have watched movies. Yeah. I've watched trailers. I've sat and watched trailers and I've said- well, I think I've already seen it. I've oh, definitely yeah. said that. I've turned and said to someone. And then there are trailers I'll watch and go, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> so I think you can not show enough to let someone know they want to see the movie. It's it's because it's financial, right? It's not meant yeah. to entice you. It's mm-hmm. meant to get you to buy the ticket. So uh, so here's some, uh, here's some examples uh, from the 1980s where I think trailers are ruined, ruined films. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, the first one here is from 1980 and Friday the 13th trailer uh, for the mm-hmm. film that came out in 1980. It shows the death of every character chronologically as they die throughout the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are, oh my gosh. Death, Are you sure? Death, you sure that's death. not like a modern trailer where they're hyping an old movie? But the, the contemporary trailer did that. Uh, the original trailer. Really? Yeah, the vintage. Friday I'll be damned. Wow. I'm going to go watch it. Uh, how about oh. this one, John? Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock came out in 1984, oh. <laughs> the best year for movies. You know what I'm going to say? The Uh-oh. teaser was good. Yeah. The teaser was fine because it didn't show anything. However, yeah. if you see Spock anywhere in the trailer, guess what? You found yeah. him. <laughs> and they show the destruction of the Enterprise. Oh, they did. See, I don't remember seeing those trailers. Yeah. And, and, That's and the, why it wasn't spoiled for me. It didn't occur to me. Yeah, and the voiceover Damn it. at the time they show the Enterprise explodes says the last voyage of the Enterprise, and it blows up. And it blows. <laughs> like, oh, I guess that's going to happen. It was a dream. Right. It was uh, a simulation. In the fo- <laughs> it was the holodeck that hasn't been invented yet. Yes. Uh, in the Footloose trailer, uh, it tells very little of the story. It's just a montage, but it shows a lot of dancing for a town in which dancing has been banned. <laughs> Uh, Revenge of the Nerds, also another 1984 film. And I'm focusing on those because it's the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we have a guest coming in that was in three 1984 movies. So exciting. Uh, we see Betty reject, first reject Lewis. So Betty's the, the, you know, the, the uh, ingenue that everybody is, you know, after in Revenge of yes. the Nerds. First, she rejects Lewis saying, I'm not kissing a nerd. Only in the trailer to see her just a few moments later making out with him in a scene that's grabbed from the climax of the movie. <laughs> Oh no. And she says, it's a simulation. All... It's on the holiday. <laughs> she says, are all nerds as good as you or something like that? 
Oh. Well, it could have been a dream sequence, but it, it oh. isn't. Right. And then mm-hmm. finally, uh, this is my final example from the 1980s, the Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. It shows the crane kick. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but you might not know the importance but, of the crane kick or why it's being used, but I get, yeah. Yeah, that's my question, John. Does, mm-hmm. Is it clear well, that, how yeah. important it is? For me, what happens is, I, I, maybe it's my memory is just too good. Like I have a sort of semi-photographic memory, which isn't mm-hmm. as good as it is in the 19, uh, you my, have in my said 50s that. rather. So I'll remember mm-hmm. that and I'll see, my brain will be like, oh, this is the scene. There's that thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. there's plenty of more contemporary reasons <laughs> yeah. uh, to avoid trailers, uh, examples I can give you. <laughs> the one that stands out for me that I remember seeing at the time was, oh, and John, actually you're a fan of the Terminator franchise. Every mm-hmm. every Terminator trailer since Terminator 2 has, world, has ruined the twist of who the villain is. Terminator 2 didn't ruin oh. it, did it? 2 shows him, yep. They show him, you know, don't kill anybody more. He's like, you know, okay, can I shoot them in the leg? Whatever that thing is. They show that bit. <laughs> oh, the, the interchange with Edward Furlong. <laughs> yeah, to right. know that he's not the yeah. bad guy. Mm, Which clearly yeah. uh, Cameron shot it in a way that it was supposed to be a surprise because when you right. watch the movie, they don't- He's coming don't down the hall with the flowers and the shotgun is in it and you think he's after them and he's not. Yeah. He's there to protect them. Yeah. But Spoiler in, alert, in by the Genesis, way. Genesis, <laughs> in Dark Fate, in all those other movies, the trailers ruined mm-hmm. the, who the, you know- Oh, anyway, there's a bunch of others. Oh, there's plenty of that. Let's get to one hit wonders. Well, you know, but real quickly, I'd say it's not a trailer, but you just reminded yeah. me that uh, I remember there was an article I read about how modern, modern, when I read this article, VHS boxes back then, how they were packaging movies and giving away the twist on the box. Oh, and the really? most notorious one yeah. was on the back of Planet of the Apes. There's a shot of the Statue of oh, Liberty boy. on the beach. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and the assumption is you're buying it because you know the movie and love it and you remember the twist. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, in the 80s, you know, we're in VHS, late mid eighties. It wasn't that old yeah. that you'd expect everyone had seen it or was going to see it. That was gonna, years old right? Yeah. Oh, man. And that was to sell VHS tapes. The same reason these trailers are meant to get people in the seats. They're not caring about spoiling it. They're caring to make sure you go, what's the Statue of Liberty doing there? Well, yeah. you're gonna be disappointed when you find out that's the big twist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, let's check out some one hit wonders. That was 1980s. I know it doesn't sound like it because our show sounds so damn good, but we don't have a big corporate sponsor or a giant podcast network behind us. No. In fact, this show is brought to you week after week with the generosity of folks just like you, listeners who give us a dollar or two or more every month to help us pay all the different bills associated with creating a wonderful show about the 1980s. To find out how you can support our show with a dollar or two or the many free ways to help our show, visit 1980snow.com support. Whatever you do, thank you so much. I want to remind you guys, especially because I really Dude. like these guys a lot, that this this episode is brought to, to you by Kokomo mm. Toys and Collectibles. Visit kokomotoys.com to find your next, you know, collectible purchase. I mean, they've got tons, tons. <laughs> and if you can do it online or if you're the, close to Kokomo, Indiana, go there because there's physically stuff there, you know, and you could. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. the largest uh, toy store in the Midwest, family owned. Uh, an operated uh, brick and mortar toy store specializing in buying, selling, and trading toy collections. But as I mentioned, you could visit them online, especially yeah. they've got tons of 70s, 80s, 90s uh, stuff all the way through through newer stuff. And we gave away uh, some uh, vinyl pops last week. Mm-hmm. And this week, oh, this week, right. Okay, so this week at the end of the show, someone in our live audience is going to get this here. This Ooh, is a, uh, the Hot Wheels Retro Wheels uh, vintage collector pack. This is uh, something that was produced in mm. 1996 uh, exclusively to Target. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inside here are uh, four four Hot Wheels. There's four. <laughs> All right. 
Four. What is four? Is funny? What is funny about four? No, it's it a looks number. like a. Re- it looks like a really big box. Like there'd be more than forty-four. Four. I meant four thousand. Oh. I don't know. There's four in there, cat. Four. It's a big box. Can I not say the number? Four score. Wanna... Four <laughs> score. That's how long this show's lasting. Four score. Let's go. Oh, and I didn't even start. Yeah. All right. Also, okay. So hey, look. This is how it's going to work, right, cat? We're going to turn it over to cat. Cat, mm-hmm. uh, you you provided the songs. We've never. Mm-hmm. Uh, John and I have not. Neither of us have heard them. That's Remind right. me, what do we listen to? Like 10 seconds of a song? Is that? Actually six. You have to start with six. six. <laughs> and then if, you know, if you're a little bit lost, you can either hear more mm-hmm. or I could give you some clues. You get oh, to choose. Thank you, Kat. It's better than a half second. I appreciate you. <laughs> Kat, I'm, just, I'm this? not despicable. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I know what you guys are doing. That, that was the saxophone thing. It was like, here's your clue. <laughs> I give great clues <laughs> <laughs> to compensate for the lack of audio. Yes, that's the whole idea. That's exactly right. All right, so let me get a timer on my uh, phone here, All right. and uh, we've got the sound clips on the board here. That's right. But before we proceed, yes, I have some important thank yous to say. First, I need to re-extend mm. a big thank you to listener Keith Sheehan for for providing me with so much material to consider as I compiled for last year's episode that I had leftovers for this one. (laughs) So thank you, Keith. But a huge thank you goes out to Lucy Webb because she did research for me. She helped me out for this episode. That's really cool. Very good. I am in her debt. Yes. So thank you, Lucy. And also I just need to put out there. Yeah. I'm using the same criteria as in previous 1980s. Mm. Now one hit wonder Mm -hmm. episodes, which is John wins always. <laughs> That's the criteria. A band along with their famous song qualifies as a one hit wonder only if they had no other songs in the U S billboard hot 100. Right. And Will, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hide the comments so I can't see the comments. Oh, so I'm not oh yeah. I guess I got to do that too. So I won't, won't be able to respond. I guess we'll peek in right. after every song. Yeah. In between. So, sure. So yeah. folks, yeah, you should, uh, yeah. Hey, try your luck. And uh, after John and I put our guesses in, we'll we'll peek over and see uh, who got it right as well. Mm-hmm. No right, one's going to get them. No one's going to get them. <laughs> You're not correct right, I took, on this. I took the comments off <laughs> mine screen too. Ah. All right, Kat. All right. You ready? Number one. Oh, okay. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, Marcus, you should not text John the answer. <laughs> oh, my phone's in the other room. I'll be right back. Don't. <laughs> I feel if I could hear four more seconds, I would get it. And 10 seconds would be a better amount. But um, I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing. It sounds like. Uh, I know you've heard it before. John Waite song, maybe. Is this for, for one of us? And if one fails or passes, oh, no, we can we just team up? Can we just team up, John? I'm, I'm happy to team up. I'm happy teamwork. to team up. Yes. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> It'll make me look so much smarter yeah. by association. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. Sounds like a John Waite era song, maybe. Would yeah. Like I mean, I can more, hear it. I can you hear can it. Hear yeah. it yeah. Certainly. Would you like yeah. more music or mm. a clue? Well, you said a few more seconds would give it to you. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Let's try that first. Let's, I try, guess. let's try a little more. Yeah, I'll go for that. All right, I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. No. Nope. You need more than four. No amount of song is going to help. Music is going to help. <laughs> Sounds kind of foreignery to me. Okay. Oh, well, that would interesting. Be foreigner-esque. Foreigner-esque. Oh. 
Sounds foreign to me. Just straight up foreign. <laughs> for, just, just foreign. Straight up foreign. All right. So maybe pull, pull a clue, you think, Will? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm going to need it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The first name of the artist matches that of the commanding officer of Deep Space Nine. It's oh. a character with the last name Is of it, Cisco. I was going to say Cisco. Yes. We, we oh. know it's Benjamin. Okay. okay. So, so that's the first we, we know name. who runs Deep Space Nine. I didn't need the last name, by the way. Yeah. I knew it before you told me Cisco. <laughs> I only had the last name. So I'm glad you had the first name. Yeah, Benjamin Cisco. So the band has Benjamin in the name? Well, the artist. It's, the this artist is an artist. Yeah, not a band. The artist. Okay. I don't know. Yes. Any artist. singers with the name Benjamin. <laughs> and the song right. clue is the band Chicago has a song with the exact same romantically propositional title, <laughs> which probably isn't all that helpful. But Do you really know what time it is is not that romantic? <laughs> Does anyone really know? <laughs> Does anyone else not really? Have you got the time? That's hot. We have some correct answers for both. Screw Do all we, you people. Do you don't know artists. you're cheating yeah. on Shazam. <laughs> I, I don't know, Will. I'm out. I, I've, I got, I've got I nothing. I don't think either. these I've got no Benjamin cheating. guesses. I got nothing either, Cat. <laughs> okay. Right. It's Benjamin Orr, and the song is called Who? Stay the Night. Who? Sometimes <laughs> you might know him best. Is it here? You have mm-hmm. to hear the later on in the song. Oh yeah, stay the night. Stay the night. Stay yep. the night. Yeah, you it's that version. It. It's not. It's not stay the night. It's, it's not stay that the one. night. Stay wow, the night. Wow, John, that that's great. No, John, I'm gonna give that to you. <laughs> no, no, no. I was so wrong. Thank you. I couldn't even get that much. <laughs> really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was in the cars. Yep, Rick and Marcus are on this. Uh, you might know him best as a founding member, bassist, and vocalist for the Cars. Uh, They split up in 1985 uh, following a greatest hits release in order to pursue their solo projects. Um, And Orr created just one solo album called The Lace. This was released in 1986. Mm -hmm. It charted in 1987 at number 24. And yes, it's a one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to have you answer that. I forgot to ask you, but you already kind of guessed. No, I I, I already said it probably is. If it's Benjamin Orr, it probably is because I'd have heard of something else. (laughs) I got to agree too. I mean, you're not going to count the other, obviously the cars. So yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. No, no, the cars don't count. I'll say, yeah, yeah, one hit wonder. All right. So we're, we're, we're over, but I feel pretty good. (laughs) Oh, so that was right. It was a one hit wonder at least. It's a one hit wonder. Yeah. We have 0.5 points. Yes. Like it wasn't the cars. It was this guy who was in the cars doing his own yes. thing and one hit car. wondering as is the verb. <laughs> he was one hit wondering. All right. Yeah. Number two. Relax. You're quite safe here. Damn it. <laughs> I hate this game. I hate all games on this show. <laughs> you were looking forward to this. You said this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, based on that little thing we heard, it sounds art of noisy. Um, oh, we got that one. Oh, yeah. All right, you got the band. There we yes. go. Yes. You, you like Crazy Wonder. I uh, like that name. And our, what song our is it? Got what it. song is it? Huh. Oh, Crazy Wonder has the. I love Art of oh. Noise. I'm, I'm starting to question whether it's a one hit wonder, though, because, I mean, Art of Noise, I'm not saying like top of the charts, but yeah. I think they charted more than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't, probably need a song clue. What do you think? Uh, sure. Yeah, all right, sure. Hit us with a clue. Okay. Song clue. Uh, well, this it's a one word title that's a portmanteau, but um, that's mm. not gonna that's not gonna give you that much there, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I will say, hmm, uh, there's a certain character featured in the song mm-hmm. whose um, t- 
two. Was also on a Star Trek episode. Benjamin Cisco. No. I, there's there's no there's no Star Trekky references for here, but the oh, character I'm featured out. in the song is too scared to sleep, so that kind of might lead you in the direction of the the portmanteau of the name philatelist. <laughs> philatelist, <laughs> I collect stamps. Collect stamps to help you sleep stamps at night. Here. Amnesia's not it. Insomnia. There you go. Insomnia. Uh, yes. I, I don't know. Okay, I don't oh, there's know so many comments anyway. about insomnia. Um, okay. I'm just going to tell you, it's Paranoimia is the Paranoimia. name of this. Am I dreaming? No. Oh, damn it. I know this one. Yes. What am I doing? Yeah. This is that dumb one they did with, what's his face? Matt Frewer as a... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Max Headroom. So I'm thinking, Will, not a one-hit wonder, though. You, you know, think? here's the thing. I don't even know if that was a hit. <laughs> Cats isn't a hit. I, I really question that. Well, it, um, I got radio play for sure. I heard the hell out of it. So I think okay. it- Okay, well, yeah, that one. All right, so did they have another one? Now, I'm fans of some of their songs, but I don't know that they ever charted. Like Beatbox is well, one of those songs I really so like. So my rationale is that. that I'm not a fan of Art of Noise, yeah. but I know them. Yeah. Which suggests to me that more of their stuff percolated up into yeah, the mainstream. Yeah, I want to say at least one did, because I think Beatbox might have been might have been on a yeah, chart. Yeah, yeah. Out so, of a hundred? I mean, because I think we used yeah. to have a lot tighter, narrower criteria, but out of a hundred, no, yeah. It was always the hot no, billboard. No, hot no, 100. it wasn't, because I remember it was, it was a yes, formula was. involved and I had a data. I've researched whatever. this. <laughs> All, right. All right. So can, we think it was not a one hit wonder. Final answer. <laughs> yes. All right. You are correct. This one reached number thirty four. That's pretty and high. yes, it is pretty high. But Art of Noise also charted with Peter Gunn at number oh, fifty. Yeah. Oh, sure. And Kiss, uh, featuring Tom Jones, at number oh, thirty-one. Eh. Eh, not a so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We All got right. more partial points in there. Yeah. No full credit yet, but it's. Ed- no. I think it's added up to one point by now, maybe. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, John said it. Yeah, they did a cover of Peter Gunn. Kathy yes. got Max Headroom. Somnophobia, Craig said. Insomnia, Brandon. Yep. Somnophobia. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Oh, did anybody get it right? Get their song right? Um, oh, Crazy Wonder got it right. Yeah, Crazy Wonder, Crazy got, Wonder it. got it. Right. And Miss mm-hmm. So was reminding me that I'm in control and I should just mute you, Will. <laughs> yeah. No. When you're wrong. <laughs> okay. We could try that. Right. And Will's over there raging. <laughs> I'll be willing to try that. <laughs> you had your chance. Hush. <laughs> All right. Number three. Yep. Get that one in the chat stupid hurdle (laughs) it's like here's the first second i'm like don't know it then they play another three seconds and it's the loop of the same first second over and over or it's a hi-hat right thanks for that all right we have a correct artist guess wow interesting guess yeah i don't know we have mean it sounds wrong host on this show it sounds like uh (laughs) it sounds kind of early-ish 80s uh Owls Donna got it. summer disco kind of transitioning into the 80s I was about era. to say, it sounds like a lead in to Raining Men almost. Like, yeah. like Giorgio First Moroder I was probably afraid. wrote right. it. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating you're saying that because uh, Kathy is on the same track as you guys. 
Uh, and you're uh, all wrong. <laughs> Get off that track, Kathy. You're about to die. <laughs> Don't side with us if you've learned anything. All right, let's hear I, a little more this time. I need to know who this crazy oh. wonder is because I wonder if crazy wonder is into one hit wonder. That's me. I'm also in the comments. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have no idea. This was on the radio? Yes. Yes, it I was. I find that doesn't, it doesn't sound familiar to me at all. No. Uh, all right, Kat, this would a clue. Okay. Um, this one's a little dark, and it's not strictly 80s, okay. but it's from 79. All right. Yeah. Um, just so you know. That's a year I would have guessed, yeah. Let's give you a song clue. Um, Garfield would agree with the title of this song with as much- Lasagna. Vehemence, <laughs> as much vehemence as he could muster. <laughs> okay, so Garfield hates Mondays. So there's oh. something about a Monday in there. I, I don't like Mondays. Okay, first part, you got <laughs> lots of partial credit here. <laughs> so there's Monday in there somewhere. Okay, oh, this has an artist clue. Ooh, I, I'm really wondering if this is too obscure okay. for John, but I have no idea. In right, the me. year um, 2369, <laughs> okay. Odo disguised himself as a certain creature... In order mm-hmm. to overhear a conversation, I love how he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he's with me, mm-hmm. between Lursa, Bator, and, Bator. and, and Tonalos, um, mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine past prologue. Yeah. Is the yeah. creature. Did that, he, did he disguise <laughs> himself as a Targ? This is the best part of the show. <laughs> part of the show i don't because know odo played by Rene original was a shapeshifter right so he was trying to identify the rest of his race so yeah so the the klingon <laughs> sisters were there the the the, the klingon sisters who had we, we spelled it k apostrophe leavage their cleavage right so they, oh and so odo had to disguise himself to overhear their their plan okay but i, I don't remember what he I, i'm just guessing because a, a klingon creature is called a targ so that's my guess but i don't know that's amazing. That's okay. And it's also um, wrong. A rat. <laughs> a rat? <laughs> a rat. Was he a rat? Yes. A rat. That's what I can So you could have said like uh, Remy and Ratatouille was a, was this. Oh. No, but the Star just, Trek was much better. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love these Star Trek clues. So, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Michelle. Pretty much. So is it, is it, this isn't a rat, is it? This doesn't sound like rat. No. No, it's not Thank rat. you. Yeah, mm. what, what did that have to do with anything yet? <laughs> That's the, the boom, band. It's the Boomtown Rats. Oh, uh, okay. That is Town the Boomtown Rats. Rats. Yes. Bob Geldof. Yes. Is uh, a member of the Boomtown Rats. And I would say it probably is a one hit wonder for what it's worth. Yes. No, no, no. Hey, we got another one. That brightens things up. Stop me when I win. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Number four. Like you both like this one. I know the song. I know the song. All right. So this is electric blue. It right? is electric blue. Okay. I know that. Do-do-do. We'll do that too, though, right? I know. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't know that it. one. No. All right. Electric blue. I recognize it now that you say that, but I didn't. On my knees. Oh, so we're trying to figure out who who. Electric blue. You already know the song. Yeah. Yeah, you need to know who sang it. Um, like I could multiple choice it. I can't pull it out of the thin all right, air. All right. So maybe the maybe clue if, will help us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. The artist clue is frozen dwelling. Ice house. Yes. It's ice house. Electric blue. Yes. Nice, John. Yes. Very good. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure this is the only song I know from ice house. 
that I'm familiar with. So okay. uh, d- don't call me yet, but we'll, let's confer with my. It's the only song here. that anybody knows. Okay. So yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah I'm oh, going to say one hit wonder. Okay. One hit wonder. It's not a one oh. hit wonder, right? I was really? a little surprised oh, too. Wow. Really? They actually had six singles in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and most of them I didn't even recognize. There you go. This, this was really the only song of theirs that they I all heard. came in at 99. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even list them, but, but they had they had other songs. In there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is by Ice House. They were um, from Australia, and that's really they charted a whole lot more in Australia, huh. even more mm-hmm. so than here. This was co-written by Iva Davies of Ice House and John Oates. Of Hall and Oates. Oh, really? And yeah. Oates said that if Davies hadn't used it for Ice House, he would have used it for Hall and Oates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he liked it that much. Uh, Rick Parker said Boomtown Rats uh, for the Monday's mm-hmm. song. That's mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, uh, oh, yes, he had I Don't Like Mondays, so Crazy Wonder. Yep. I got it, of course. Um, what else? Uh, most recently, oh, with regard to the song, this uh, last song here, Crazy Wonder got Electric Blue. John got Electric Blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kathy wrote So Confused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe on the star trek <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that was the star trek one donnie said abc yeah i could see that as a guest right oh, yeah. actually um, yeah. yeah 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 uh, i love that miss so guess. says obscure does not exist for john because <laughs> <laughs> no. you're like this is an obscure star trek yeah, clue no. like oh yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> see donnie says these are hot i agree thank you donnie yes right you're supposed to this be one that. was easy this one was it, not so bad if if you recognized it will you'd say oh come on Mm-hmm. What, that everybody right. else should know it? No, you'd say, you'd be like, I you'd already know this. Me. Don't, yeah. you've done that to me. Make it tougher, cat. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no, no. no. Well, wait a second. The ones I picked, that was Rocket, I think she played. Everybody knows Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> that, but the goal everybody's is to a critic, cat. whether everybody's or not a critic. it was a one-hit wonder. You know, there's there's a twist here, so. <laughs> right. Okay, Fair so where are we at? Was that four or five? How that far was number go? four. So right. we have two we have a total more, of one and point no, two five, points. Six, seven, three more songs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Like it's about to rock in a second. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of hair bandy a little bit to me. Like it like mm-hmm. like I know it's none of these, but it mm-hmm. sounds very Cinderella. Like so many of those start with this this acoustic ballad and then it mm-hmm. Nobody's fool. Then it kicks in. <laughs> oh, crazy know. wonder and Marcus. I've got Donnie. Nothing. Nice. Mm-mm. I've got nothing. But you know, look in my defense, yep. these are songs I wouldn't have listened to. <laughs> but they would have been on the radio. <laughs> I changed a station. Oh, MTV. He, MTV. He wouldn't stick around for when it rocks. He would never hear it. We didn't get around. MTV till later in the eighties where I lived. So that's true. These songs that's are. Right, yeah. It seems like most of them are sort of earlier. Of the ha- early half of the decade, I think. Yeah. Well, actually, this one's later. This is in okay. 1989. Anyway. So. So there. All right. Yeah. So here's some more music. <laughs> sure. What do you do? You want more music? Okay. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear it rock. No. 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 This got worse. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. It's got way worse. Nope. <laughs> okay. Ready for some clues? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can get it wrong with clues. Yeah. <laughs> well, John's going to get something right here. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Song clue. The first word of the title 
of season one, episode 14 of Star Trek A New Generation. <laughs> Plus... <laughs> The um, body parts actually, I'm it's, using it's the see. next generation. It's not the new generation. Oh, the new generation was Pepsi, I think. <laughs> I wrote, they typed the wrong thing. The first word of season one, episode 14. <laughs> John, if you know this, just to say you won the whole game, right? Can we say that, cat? <laughs> yes. I'll get I you a really prize would. from Kokomo. <laughs> Plus the body parts that I'm using to see you right now. And is this, this the band or the song? What are you giving us? The song. Something eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something eyes. See, I, I, see, I'm trying to think of all these different, uh, like, like typical Star Trek episode titles. Not that I know what 14 is, <laughs> but season one had a lot of forgettable things. It had things like uh, future and hidden and uh, enemy, enemy eyes. eyes, things like that. Future eyes, <laughs> yeah, hidden eyes. Yeah, there are a bunch of things like that. Is like the episode titles. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. There's so many great comments on how people are married. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm sure there are. (laughs) Okay, if I had wings and a white robe on. Oh, you're talking, oh, Angel One? Angel One was the 14th episode? That's a horrible episode, so it's Angel Eyes. Okay. Angel Eyes. Eyes. Okay, Angel Eyes. Wasn't Angel Eyes like a a Jeff Healy song? (gasps) Awesome. Jeff Healy? Yeah, all right. There we go. It's the Jeff Healy I'm so glad we're collaborating, Will. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I contributed. And this was a last minute entry for me for my list because, because you just watched watching Road Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, is that a yes. wonder? It, and so I'll tell you what's funny, Will, yeah. is I was way closer to knowing the name of that episode than I probably should have been <laughs> because the episode is it's notoriously bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so it's one like you would have known about because it's no, it's it's notable, but I didn't remember it was number 14. We so. forgive you, John. Kathy's astonished that you guys don't know the song, apparently. We know it. But we got it. What are you talking now, about, Kathy? Yeah, well, well, initially, we'll you know it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you got the song, I got the band. There we go. You eventually there got go. it. Real um, good, yeah. yeah, this peaked at oh, number one five. Hit That's right. This peaked at number five okay. in June of 1989. Um, I didn't was it. it a one-hit wonder? I'm sure Jeff Healy mm-hmm. had to have other hits. He was a big deal. Are you with him? I Will? don't know dick about Jeff Healy, so I'm going to give it, I will defer to Will. <laughs> You're correct. It's not a one-hit wonder. There we go. I win by association. Yes. But he, there was only one other song that I could see um, that was from 1993 called Lost in Your Eyes at spot number 91. So mm, okay. it almost, Wasn't almost his, a yeah, one-hit wonder. Realize, huh? mm. yeah. I'm sure he probably- He's big on eye songs. He should have stuck to that. <laughs> Well, wait, John, are you saying that because he's blind? Because he is blind? He's, he's blind. That's not just, why I'm saying that. I'm okay. just saying his nope. two hits. Oh, had eyes are funny now. Have to do with eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, yeah, it is funny. He play, he play, he, he, he's in Roadhouse. He plays the, uh, the uh, leader yeah. of the band. In the the in guitarist, Roadhouse. the performer yeah. guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he plays, yeah, he has the unique way of playing the guitar on his right. lap. And he right. was doing that since like he was three guitar, years kind of, old. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Oh, See, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was a real performer. I didn't know he was really blind. Oh, yeah. I didn't know his name was Jeff yeah. Healy. I knew nothing. I told you, I don't know yeah. dick about you. <laughs> That's <laughs> the only thing I'm going to know in this whole game. His uh, okay. in the movie, his name was Cody. Yeah, um, but Cody. yeah, sure. his real name is Jeff Healy, and he started playing guitar at the age of three after he already was blind. Like he just, hmm. uh, yeah. Kathy says he's dead. Oh, Jeff Healy's dead. I didn't remember that. Oh wow. Oh, Crazy Wonders helping us out here. Um, Jeff Healy died at age 41, so oh, young no. in 2008. 2008. Damn. All right, here is number six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. 
Nice. I thought, John. Wait, 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 John. I'll let you say it. (laughs) You'll let me say it? Yeah. You do it. You don't need me. Okay. All right. I'm going to go on a limb. I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I got nothing. I want to hear your guess. I'm really doubting myself now because Will is like, I thought he would know for sure. John, I got nothing. I have nothing. Is it Nobody by Sylvia? Oh, wow. I knew you could do it. Yes. What? Is it? Really? I knew you could do it. Yes. I have no idea what that is. (laughs) I knew you could do this one. Oh, yes. Will. Mm-hmm. I have you never hear heard the song in my whole life. Listen, yep. Oh, no. You have. I seem to recall the certain look in your eye. I said, who's that? This with a smile. Nobody. 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 I have no yeah. idea what that song is. So nobody this, called today. She hung up when I asked her name. Well, I wonder yeah. if she thinks she's being clever. Yeah, it's Sylvia. Awesome. Yes. No, I, I nailed one across I'm the board. Glad you got it, John. Yay. That's great. Nice work. I still really want to tell you the artist clue. <laughs> Late on me. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The junior member of a team of two ornithoid explorers in human form who. (laughs) who You lost me at I have a clue. Who established (laughs) an outpost disguised as a large castle on the planet Pyrus 7. Landing parties were trapped by this character and her colleague Korob for observation in 2267. This is the artist clue? Yes. It's, it's called Sylvia? Really? Yes. Yes. Sylvia. I, I would not have gotten that clue. <laughs> oh, no. Good thing I didn't need it. Oh, this, wait. The or, song is Sylvia, right? Yeah, the, no, no, the, the, artist the artist is Sylvia. Is the song Sylvia. is called Nobody. Is Sylvia. Oh, okay. okay. Or yeah. failing that clue, my other artist clue mm-hmm. was going to be, it's the first name of the founder and CEO of Sugar Hill Records. Okay. I would have <laughs> gotten that one. Probably could have gotten, that, gotten one. that one. You would have gotten that one. Yeah. Um, Sylvia Robinson. Yeah. Right. Oh, Karen okay. says, I don't know it either. Well, say, thank you, Karen. See? There we go. <laughs> John got one. If I got nothing else, I got that one. You got Yay. more than that. I, I'm confident you got at least two or three. I don't think I've gotten any. Is it a one-hit wonder? Oh, it's got to be. It has got to I, be. I, so let me tell you. So I have a very, a very varied <laughs> favorites list. And this song is in rotation. And so oh. I'm never sure what really came from the country origins or what came from the rock origins. So I sure. ask that because I think of that as a country song. That being mm-hmm. said, I listen to mm-hmm. both sides of the fence and I don't yeah. know any other Sylvia songs. So I'm thinking one hit wonder. You are correct. She was originally, it, uh, uh, she's a country star, right? Like that's, that's where um, mm-hmm. her, <laughs> okay. that's where she's yeah. mostly famous. Um, and she, she has another number one from the country charts and a couple of other top tens from 1981. But when this song came out, uh, written mm-hmm. by Kai Fleming and Dennis Morgan, it was released in 1982 and it dropped from its number one spot on the country chart the same week that it crossed over to the Billboard mm. Hot 100. Wow. And it peaked so at it was number a crossover 15. Hit. Gotcha. Yeah. Neat. Exactly. It was a crossover. It's a good song. If you don't know it, you should listen to it. It's a, it's a cool song. It's it's okay. a play on words the whole way through. Yeah. 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 Oh, really yes. Clever. Yeah. It, it sounds this, very 80s in that regard. It's very, mm. yeah. This one came rushing. I forget where I saw it, but it, it just came rushing back at me. I haven't heard it in so long. Mm. And then um, I read that it received the um, BMI. What is that? The broadcast music something or other mm-hmm. song of the year in 1983 for most radio airplay 
So I'm amazed that you never heard it, Will, but you must have turned it off. I, yeah. guess. I probably heard it last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. and I guess you say that most radio airplay, like what was it talking mm-hmm. about nationally? Yes. Huh. Yes. It's, it's, Ooh. um, BMI. I forget what that stands for, but they represent all sorts of artists. But I wonder if that's and, cumulative. I wonder if that's both the country and the pop airplay. I wonder if that's, it, it could, maybe. it could have gotten more airplay on one side of the fence than the other and Will might not have heard it. So. But I, this song is burned in my brain. I haven't heard it in so long, but I heard it. And we weren't necessarily listening to country stations. Like we were listening. Yeah, to but you lived in South Jersey. Too. So that's, you know. I did not. It's basically <laughs> south of the country. That's just. You know how the south not. is. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, I mean, the eighties, as we talked about this before, it was uh, such, it was so strange to me that how popular and mainstream country music became during that decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we had yeah. so many crossover uh, hits mm-hmm. and artists during that time. Yeah. And this is yeah. one of them. Um... Well, Donnie says, my radio must not have gotten these channels. Yep. <laughs> hmm. uh, oh, Brandon um... makes the same point. 80s was a huge decade for country music crossovers into pop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Craig yeah. Reasley did play it constantly in the 80s. Thank you, Craig. Oh, Kathy mm-hmm. says, Will I know the song? Well, aren't you special? <laughs> she is. Thank you, Kathy. You needed to hang out with Kathy more. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Be nice. Charlene says, be nice to South Jersey. Ah, she Charlene? admitted South Jersey. Are we <laughs> from it. South Jersey or Central Jersey? She said what she meant. Charlene. Don't nope. correct her. No, no, no. Why would no. you correct her? She's a grown <laughs> woman. Me. I said what I'm I an said. adult. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John, ready to get another one? Maybe uh, 50-50 or worse? Rock, your last right one. Sure. Our last yep. one. For right. tonight. Oh, no. Go. Oh, no. Okay. Thank you, Charlene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I finally got one. <laughs> I got you, John. I got you on this one. You got it. I, I know the song. I couldn't pick the name out of the air, though. I know it okay. very well. Oh, you want to do the song? I'll do the artist. Didn't. Did, did mm-hmm. No, no. I'm saying I can't pick the name out of the air. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh. I know. I, I'm familiar with the melody. I could not pick uh-huh. the title or artist out of the air. I'm thinking you got it, this I just, one in I just, just so I wouldn't look a complete fool. That's the only reason she picked this song. <laughs> it was on my list before it occurred to me that you would know it. Okay, this is but when genius I listened to it, I was rap. like, <gasps> no. no, maybe I didn't hear enough I, of it. I repeat, <gasps> I mean, genius of love, genius of love, genius of love. There you go. Oh, there you Someone go. Someone got a little overconfident. <laughs> I said rap. I was saying rap because. To point out that this song has been sampled in so many rap songs. You had rap on mm-hmm. And I guarantee I you've heard at least, a, you know, a, at yeah, least gotcha. one in particular that came out, I want to say in the 90s, maybe it was in the 2000s, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. anyway, it's been sampled oh. by a lot of people. And that's the Tom Tom Club. Correct. Oh. Awesome. So just in case I'm the only one that picked up on it, I'm sure I'm not. You yeah. see how Will spun his mistake into what was actually a deep bit of trivia that he was imparting to us. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, I, I see. That's the, only reason, that's the only reason I ever fuck up, John, is to show off that I know something. <laughs> uh, well, I said rap. What I meant was <laughs> rap, yes. and then it was sampled a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Crazy Wonders got the one I was thinking of, Fantasy Mariah Carey. That's good, yeah. yeah. Know the oh. song well. Yep. 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 And okay, is it a one-hit wonder? One-hit wonder question. There's the other one. So who's Tom, who's the group? Tom Tom, Tom, Tom Club? Club, yeah. Huh. Yeah. See, I, I wouldn't associate this with them, so I really don't have an opinion in terms of like, oh, how much have I heard Tom Tom Club? I've never heard the name, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, right. but I could have heard their music because I know that song. So that's, yeah. not, I don't have a good metric on how they'd had other hits. I'm going to say one hit wonder using our standards. I don't know that they had another thing on the, on the top on the billboard hot 100. R and B charts, probably yes, but maybe yeah. Billboard well, this song's pretty sneaky um, because Tom Tom Club. Yeah, it is a one hit wonder. But Tina Weymouth and Chris France, who comprised Tom Tom Club, are from the Talking Heads. Also, they were in the Talking right. Heads at the same time, um, and they even performed this song on stage in the Talking Heads concert movie "Stop Making Sense." Mm. While David Byrne changes into his big suit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was released as a single in 1981. So early, pretty early. And it hit number 31 on the U.S. charts. But as the Tom Tom Club, this Mm -hmm. was their only hit. But... Oh, oh, (laughs) we have a twist. As Will Will pointed out, uh, well, first of all, the lyrics pay tribute to numerous notable, notable black musicians, including... Bootsy Collins, Bob Marley, James Brown. Mm-hmm. And the song itself mm-hmm. has been sampled by many, many too numerous to list here artists, including um, The Furious Five, Mariah Carey, Tupac, Public Enemy, Busta Rhymes, and the list goes on and on and on. Mm. Um, oh, it also, this reached number one on the disco top oh. 80 chart, and it reached sure. number two on the Hot Soul singles chart. Mm. I'm just going to give you a little bit of trivia here. Um, Tina Weymouth wrote the bass line, but in a 1997 interview, she said she had been playing so much to try to get the whole album recorded that for this track, her hand was too cramped to play. <laughs> and she, she told the interviewer, she ended up waking, I ended up waking the assistant engineer. He was asleep under the console and I showed him the part and he played it. <laughs> She didn't even play it on the album, but she did Mm. write it. She wrote it. And I really, even though you got this, um, can I tell you my clues? Although (laughs) one of them is mine. One of them is Lucy's. This is my favorite of Lucy clues. Uh, Her song clue was Amorous Einstein. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, And the artist clue was um, Lieutenant Paris's first name in Star Trek Voyager. Spoken twice. Tom Paris. Plus. Tom Tom. Plus a synonym for a casual organization. (laughs) A delicious sandwich. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, you had me at Tom Tom. Tom Tom. Genius Rap was also a song that sampled it too as well. That's probably the other thing. That's the other reason I messed up, John. Say again? Genius Rap is a song that sampled it. No, I I knew there was a good reason. It wasn't a mistake. It was a calculated error. I get it. Yeah, we might as well call it the genius of rap because yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's Will. Will is the genius of rap. Uh, <laughs> other folks got it. Uh, Craig said uh, Tim Tom Club, Tip Top Club, Tom Tom Club. Oh, he got there eventually. <laughs> I like the Tip Top Club. <laughs> Marcus says the complete fool showed up anyway. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I got it. <laughs> Face plant. <laughs> <laughs> Karen says that when I hear Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club, I think of Home Goods. That played that com- they played that commercial so many times last week. I don't remember. Oh, that. oh <laughs> really? I guess they used it in a commercial. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. John says it's the same as it ever was. Sure enough. Just mm. like our show. <laughs> and that's our show. It is. Before we thank everybody, let's uh, give away a prize here, right? 
Oh, yes. that's right. Okay. Okay. So folks, again, once again, this, this episode is brought to you courtesy of Kokomo Toys and Collectibles, the largest toy store in the Midwest. Great news for you folks. If you're not anywhere near a Kokomo or a downtown Kokomo, you can visit them online at <laughs> kokomotoys.com. And the winner is... Craig Anderson. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Congratulations. Okay. Congratulations, Craig. Uh, we will reach out to you to find how to get your uh, collectible over to you. And so special thanks to uh, Kokomo for providing that. And also we want to thank the folks that bring our sh- show to you, help us bring uh, our show to you every week, including our early adopters, Rick Parker and Karen Flieger. And we especially want to thank our secret of my success level Patreon supporters. Cat, check me on this. Maybe, hopefully, I didn't forget anybody. <laughs> I know somebody who has it all ready to go. Who? Mm-hmm. John? Mm hmm. Cat did all the work. Okay. So I was going to read them for you. <laughs> okay. Well, but we would certainly like to thank our secret of our success level supporters yeah. Tony Great, Nick Guillory. Craig Coletta, Matt Marino, John Henderson, Brandon Greer, and Marcus Taylor. I mean, and Marcus Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so very much for helping us week after week keep the show lights going. Uh, If you don't have an opportunity, however, to uh, contribute a dollar or two, and come on. Dig deep. You got to search those couch cushions. Do whatever you got to do. It's just money. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can't take it with you. But you can just make a comment or send us feedback any way that uh, you can. And, and mm-hmm. Just like this uh, fine fellow, Kenny, over on Twitter, who said, Hey, guys, I started listening and watching your show and podcast. I'm a fan of the 80s. Grew up with this stuff, and I will always love the 80s. Yay. As well, you should. Yeah. Or... Like this other comment from somebody else. Hang on a second. <laughs> hey, from Brandon, seeing quite possibly the best 80s, 1980s podcast there is. Been following Aww. the show for quite a while now and love every episode. Will, Kat, and John are hilarious together and serve of great content every time. There you go. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> hey, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. It's Sylvia. Sylvia.